It's Cracking Lovely People, it's the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, it's a solo pod today and I'm going to deconstruct my latest little bimble, which is more than a little bimble to be fair, it was an ultramarathon over in Cortina, so that is actually, ooh, you fly into Venice, Chirizo, and you take a two hour drive and you get over to a place called Cortina, so it's in the Dolomites, so it's a really mountainous area, so get online, have a little look at that and you know exactly where I went and where I was. And it was absolutely beautiful, the setting. Oh, you know, living in central London, I don't really get out to mountains all the time. You know, I follow a lot of interesting people online who are posting about the outdoors, living and breathing it. And then if I'm honest, as close as I get to parks and things like that during the week, because I work, like most people listening to this, Monday to Friday, oh, a lot of my running before I actually got out to Cortina was around London. So I use Primrose Hill. I use, uh, we've got Paddington Rec here, there's a little track that I bimble around, Green Park I'm in every Tuesday with the Never Stop London community and projects, so I do some running there, but basically, you know, mountain running, all that kind of jazz, looks really exciting, it is really exciting, but, you know, if I'm honest, training for something like that and living in London doesn't really go together, but anyway, I'll pull back a little bit, and this race has basically been two years in the making for me to be honest um i started working part-time with north face a couple of years ago and i was big into my strength training bit of crossfit used to play a lot of rugby so i was very much you know using the term explosive short and sharp that kind of thing i was probably weighing around 96 kilos i was full of calories and endurance training and, and running all the time just didn't really happen it was basically i ran when i played rugby you know i ran during workouts if I was in the gym and they had a little bit of running, it would be that. And, um, yeah, so I suppose I got into it via the the connection with Never Stop London and, and doing some of the stuff with the North Face and meeting a chap called Ed Norman. Um, he's someone that oh, is a huge inspiration to me, and I'll put his handle in the show notes as well. So if I'm honest, he kind of got me into, you know, thinking about more, more complete kind of forms of, uh, I suppose fitness really and and movement and it's something where I was or I thought I was very fit until we started training together and you know he's a lean guy but he's not you know he's not the bulkiest but he's also not the skinniest and he moved oh unbelievably well had the endurance side of things and then also had a bit of strength side of things as well and I remember when we were down in Exeter we did a little bit of a tour with this Never Stop London project and he absolutely goosed me around Exeter around the town we were running press-ups sit-ups burpees all that kind of thing things that I thought I was extremely good at until I met this chap so I kind of um yeah it manifested from there really I was thinking how how can he bridge the gap between being able to lift something moderately heavy being able to do pull-ups sit-ups climb ropes but then also be able to run quite a lot and in essence it's just kind of splitting your time with some of your training and then obviously with his guidance over the last few years and me basically just getting on my feet a little bit more and being a little bit smarter, I started to convert a lot of my training into trying to gear up for these, you know, longer form outdoor trail run type things. So that's how it happened. So last year I signed up to the Cortina race that I did this year and I signed up to something in Dorset. So you can check those races out. They're called Endurance Life and that was like kind of coastal trail series races. They go all over the country. Really, really interesting places. So my plan was to do a summer mountain run and then a winter coastal run over the next few years. So that kind of came into place early last year. Got both of the races in, paid, etc. And then I started to train. And then unfortunately I was hit with an appendix 
an appendix X, an appendix bursting um, about a month before Cortina 2017. So I was actually dangling in the hospital and, um, you know, they popped that thing out, cleaned me up, but then I couldn't do the race. So I kind of uh, oh, got myself back together. I managed actually that year to do something called Man Versus Lakes about six or seven weeks later. That was really good with a few friends. That was something that was uh, our rat race, I think the company was called. So instead of actually doing a mountain ultra marathon that year, I ended up doing something up in the Lake District, which was marathon distance and it was off-road. So at least I still managed to get, you know, that milestone of running your first marathon or whatever people love to talk about. But for me, it was it was it was a great day that day. Um, and it was a great group of lads that I did it with. But it wasn't you know, it wasn't the challenge that that I really had had my head into wanting to run, you know, a really, really out there kind of mountain ultra marathon, something that I thought would you know really be beyond me. So I started to train again after the man versus lakes. I went out to Switzerland in September, really lucky to be a part of the North Face Mountain Festival. So we were training and running out there. Ed was putting on loads of workshops and I was just helping helping him with that. Um, and then, yeah, I got back off the plane in September 2017 and I got hit with pneumonia. So that was a bit of a curveball, especially the people that were closest to me. God, they heard all about that, all the pictures and everything that I sent. And then oh, so many people were great when I was in hospital. So... That was actually two weeks of, um, yeah, lying in hospital with pneumonia. So initially it was night sweats, hacking up some kind of dark fluid and, you know, taking yourself to hospital and thinking, actually, I'm probably not very well here. They found out that it was uh, pneumonia. So I had kind of three or four days, big antibiotics, big rest. And then I kind of came home and, and had a week to, to chill and then try and recover. And then following that, I had uh, oh, rib pain on the following Saturday after the the time out of hospital initially in London. So I was back in, in Norfolk, up, up by the sea where, where the parents live in North Norfolk. And yeah, I had this rib pain. Went back to hospital this time in Norfolk and, and they, they scanned me. So they, they basically did a uh, something called a CT scan and um, found a ton of fluid on my lungs. So basically the pleura between my intercostal muscles and, and my lungs filled up with fluid. So I was actually in, in hospital for quite a few days. They were testing it. Um, they then had to drain it. They had to sneakily put me under and clean everything out again. And then your body basically keeps producing this fluid for a little while. So all in all, it was a couple of weeks of having a cheeky chest drain and, and, and lying around. And yeah, that was that was a real curveball because, well, one, I'm self-employed, so I wasn't really earning. Two, you know, I'm very used to being oh, really active and, you know, the perception of, needing to be the healthy man because people know what I do being a nutritionist and full of life and energy and all that kind of jazz so when you're lying in hospital and you know if I'm honest getting your girlfriend to wash you and you can't really do much and uh, yeah it was it was quite a dark place really dark place and it was born out of running and training and actually I felt the fittest and the most robust I'd ever been in terms of running before that I was doing oh lots of early morning runs I'd taken on a you know a coach to program me a chap called Tom Evans very very good runner I was taking strength and conditioning advice from Ed so I thought I had all of the you know all of the angles covered and then you get hit when you feel the most fittest so I actually couldn't obviously then do that year Cortina or the the Dorset run so I kind of um yeah I finished 2017 um in in a very unathletic fashion but 
knowing that I had to rest and, and recuperate over Christmas and spend time with the people that I loved and, you know, take life a little bit more seriously, really, because when you're kind of late 20s and eating and drinking and, and training and feeling like you can't really be stopped and then you're kind of, you know, you're lying with all these tubes coming out of you, it's a bit of a, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a curveball. But, um, no, it was an interesting experience to go through and it kind of uh, it motiv- motiv- motivated me even more to try and get back on the wagon and uh, yeah book Cortina 2018 and and crack on so that that basically led me into into this year knowing that I'd be doing the race again and um, yeah having to prepare so I, I took a bit of a different tack because I'd been running the most I'd ever ran last year and it didn't really work out you know was that an infection um, airborne, nothing I could have done about it. Was it a low immune system because of everything I was doing last year? I'm not sure. So, due to kind of getting ill last year and wanting to change the approach, I kind of mix things up a bit more. In the new year, focus a lot more on strength exercises and things again through the guidance of Ed. You definitely need to check this guy out um, and his company, Cogma. So, I'll link to that again. I won't keep battering on it like a broken record, but he, uh, yeah, his guidance and his you know the, the the way that he knows about movement and then can kind of personalize things for for me as well was was really really good so between january and march i kind of got stronger started to eat a little bit more add a little bit more intensity to my training and then um yeah started taking my my feet a bit more outdoors i was doing a lot on treadmills uphill i was doing a lot of stepping by then on the stepping machines and stuff and then as it started to get a little lighter and brighter, I was finding, you know, finding my feet outside again and running and feeling a little bit more robust. So, um, yeah, my confidence and things started to grow. And, um, God, the June, oh, was it? it was two weeks ago. June 23rd came around absolutely rapid style. So I'd had a few, oh, I suppose, as I would call longer days on the feet, only three or four hours at that point. I know that sounds like... A lot to some people but when you know you're going to be on your feet for seven eight nine hours during a race you know I hadn't actually really managed to put that kind of time on my feet before I did Cortina but I'd had you know experience of by then three to four hours on feet I'd done a lot of running by the coast where I grew up up there I'd gone down and seen Ed near Bristol um, Bristol Brighton and um, yeah I'd gone off to Wendover a little bit and done some running around there we had plant plants going at all we had plans to go to Wales and uh, do a few things there and, and try and run on some some mountain-based terrain, but they didn't really work out. I've been I've been busier work-wise than than I ever have been, which has been really good. So the running was was something that actually taking full weekends to get continued time on the feet didn't really happen, didn't really materialise. So June kind of came out of nowhere really, and then yeah, I found myself on the plane heading over to Cortina and and. Um, the race so yeah the friday was was interesting we got the the 3am up and and, and a 6am flight and we we dived onto that together girlfriend and i and um Bryony, her name is i have to pretend that she hasn't got a name anyway talking absolute rubbish um yeah 6am flight and then we bimbled over took the hire car and then dived into cortina so we parked put in some food, you know, sank into the uh, oh, lovely Italian culture and got some some pizza and some some uh, water and took it very easy on that day. Friday evening I was I was kind of relaxing in the hotel the night before, getting everything together, 
all the kit. So I used a little bag to house everything. I took poles on the day. I took some homemade pancakes. I took some of these kind of cheer charge um, sachets, which are, I think Shake Threat Thirty Three Shake. Then the name of that company is again. I'll link to that. They were they were really good. They were chia seeds and sugar, and I put water into those and and used those on the day. I took beat it beetroot shots. I took um, what else did I take? Noon hydration tablets. They're really good. I took some tailwind powder so that had some caffeine in it in the form of green tea. You had to take a uh, waterproof jacket. You had to take one of those pullover kind of blanket things. You had to take a pair of trousers, long sleeve top. Obviously, I wore a t-shirt, shorts, socks, and shoes. And um, you had to take hat, gloves, and I took shades as well. So most of that went in the bag. And then obviously, all my person had the hat, the shades, t-shirt, the bag and uh, shoes and, and socks I've never really worn any kind of compression gear or used anything like that before so I, did, so I didn't bother with that so we cracked on over to to the town and then yeah I started running at 10 so that was really really interesting the start they cracked a ACDC in the um, start line and uh, yeah it was it was really really good atmosphere 1500 people so many different nationalities and ages as well that that really hit you know hit home when I saw like to be fair older individuals you know my parents are mid 50s and definitely people were 10 or even maybe 15 years older than them cracking it and 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 looking like they've done a lot of those races that was super inspiring and super interesting to see them so gun went off we got moving and the first five or six k was really walking uphill because of well the numbers we were kind of shoulder to shoulder and then also I knew that I hadn't had time or I hadn't you know ran in that area before but I hadn't had time to to kind of really get into long distance running with that kind of incline before so I just thought right take it really easy for the first few hours and get to the first aid station which was 16k so yeah I bimbled well really really relaxed fashion speed speed hiking everything that kind of started to turn into a bit of an incline and then when there was flats per se or downhill you know I was jogging and uh, I was sipping every little while the water strategy I didn't I didn't really have anything in terms of time I just wanted to not let my mouth go dry and then basically every hour you know consume at least 500 milliliters so um, that was something that I kept on I started putting a little bit of food early so I used these these little sachets of nut butter because the intensity at that point I wasn't you know heart rate was maybe elevated a bit when at the start of the race because of the nerves and things but I settled down to goal 140 or 150 because we were just walking so the fats and things worked really well for me at that at that kind of intensity and especially because I was speed hiking you know I can eat that kind of stuff on the go I wasn't redlining and sprinting where you know when you're trying to chew nut butter and drink it down it's, that's not really going to work so I got to the 16k and felt really good um, sunny obviously the weather was fab rehydrated took on a couple of pancakes and then got moving so between 16 and 24k it got a bit more aggressive in terms of the incline and you know that's when it really hit me I was like right definitely in a race here so headphones went in I was on my own and um, yeah I started to kind of climb use the poles and then I got to oh when did I get to I can't remember time-wise but anyway I got to 24k and I was you know I felt it it was halfway through 
Um, I had I had some of the, the sugary kind of um, drinks that were on offer at the aid station, had a, another couple of pancakes and, and finished off a little bit of nut butter that I had. And then Ed's brother, Harry Norman, and they worked together actually in their company called Cogma. He met me at 24K and um, had taken the cable car up. So he wanted to do the rest, the other half of the race with me, which for morale was absolutely awesome. So... If you have a community around you of, of people that you know or you've got friends or family or you know even someone like Harry that can I wouldn't want to call it pacing because you know he, he was turning around and just watching me come after him the whole time and he wasn't setting a pace because I couldn't keep up with him at all the guys an absolute mountain goat but it was you know it was, it was really really important and then as the race went on between 27k and 32k that was the most aggressive incline I think I've ever you know, encountered, and it was it was definitely the hardest thing I'd ever done between 27k and 32k. Um, one because you know the distance, even for me, is 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 tough. 32k running that that was a complete kind of new experience for me, really, especially in the mountains. And um, yeah, that that absolutely destroyed me. I really wobbled. I couldn't keep my breathing kind of normal. I couldn't keep my heart rate normal and Harry really had to get a hold of me, get me standing up straight, kind of breathing in through the nose, getting me to eat a little bit because, you know, you have a strategy food and drink wise, but it goes out of the window um, when you're when you're really moving for that kind of time on your feet as much as I wanted to, to put grams of X and, you know, water and things at this time and make sure that I hit Y, it, you know, it, it does get tough and it comes with that experience as well. I wanted to make sure they ate solid food, you know, on the hour, and then I wanted to make sure that I used the liquids through the hour and stuff. But you just miss one or two of those kind of little half an hour stints, or if your mind's on something else for a bit, and then you're kind of 20 minutes, 30 minutes further down the line in your plan, and you know you should have taken in those extra few hundred calories, or you know you should have taken in those extra two or three hundred milliliters of water. But it's nothing wrong on those kind of races to just stop and do that. So I wobbled. He helped me with that. And I got up to the 32k, and that was that was the highest bit of the race, which was absolutely amazing. The views were unbelievable. And once I kind of stopped flying around and being hysterical and, and heavy breathing and and generally panicking, it was yeah, it was amazing. And that was exactly why I wanted to do that race and look out and see all those views and and watch all of these people ahead of me and then climbing up the mountain. They had bone broth. They had apple juice so many things morale at the top there and the volunteers were absolutely fab so then we started the descent and that was again you know knew I'd done 32k on the feet and and we were starting to move downhill Harry being the mountain goat that he is he absolutely smashed it and I was obviously trying to keep up with him no chance but it was yeah it was trying to keep the shoulders over the hips and let you know let the let the kind of heels be behind you know under under my hips as well so rather than break and, and you know let your, let your hamstrings come on and your knees fall forward and take a lot of impact through the knees, I was trying to go shoulders over hips and, and move well. But, you know, it's tough. The stomach was starting to grumble a little bit then. You know, bowels weren't, weren't feeling great. Uh, the sun had hit me, obviously, so I was, um, you know, feeling a little bit, little bit kind of sun-kissed as well. But, yeah, morale at that point is high because you're going downhill. You're not absolutely dangling kind of short of breath, like moving... Oh, extremely slowly, so slowly that your that your watch stops registering you. So that happened a few times. That was interesting. Um, and then yeah, it was it was through there between kind of thirty two k and and forty k where. 
there were some more aggressive uphill bits, but you knew you were starting to come towards the the kind of final couple of checkpoints, and and you could refuel and 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 you know you could really really be quite um, strategic with with your energy levels by then because you could you know you could go hard and then you could get to these aid stations and I was using things like bananas, I was using things like salted almonds, I was using dark chocolate, milk chocolate, that kind of thing. So you're really well stocked at that point. So um, yeah, as long as you keep up on your water intake, I found that I was extremely tired and it was hard and I was doing a lot of speed hiking and then, you know, kind of getting to the top of these these little kind of inclines and then thinking that I could run and then not being able to run, but then just, you know, taking taking it as it comes. And getting to that final that final kind of 10k, um, at that point I put in oh, some boiled potatoes and some eggs because I had a bit of palate fatigue and I didn't really want anything sugary anymore and um, started the descents. That was almost 10k through the forest, back down into the town and that was yeah really interesting experience. I was on my own for most of it. Harry goosed off and because um, he wanted to get to the end and you know he wanted to run quickly as well and I was absolutely battered by then. Um, so. Yeah, I was in the forest, basically, I think, well, maybe only four or five people passed me at that point with 10k to go, so it was quite a lot of running downhill, which was really, really interesting, trying to just manage my body and manage my bowels because it was a lot of impact, and I was really tired by then. The sun wasn't a factor. We were dense and deep in trees, and, um, yeah, it gave me a lot of time to to just think and just will yourself forward, and just that the power of wanting to finish it was, you know, unbelievably motivating, wanting to see Bryony and, and a few other friends and people that were there and, and obviously, yeah, FaceTime my parents afterwards and tell them that I'd done it. So that was kind of burning, burning in the back of my head thinking, right, you know, no messing around, you're almost there. So even though I had another, you know, good hour or so of running, it was um, extremely motivating knowing that you're almost near the end. So... I got through, did a lot of walking at that stage, did a lot of walking through the town and then you come round the corner and and then yeah, you see the kind of finish line as you start to bimble a bit. Harry met me and took a few videos and I crossed the line in about eight and a half hours so it was the longest I've ever been on feet. Um, really, really good day, really hard day. So you leave at, I left at 10 and then started, um, you know, getting into the town, got probably around six and, you know, finishing around half six. So big day on the feet and um, I learned a lot about myself and to be fair especially after last year of going through the the hospital um, episodes with the appendix and and the pneumonia it was oh the feeling the feeling was absolutely fantastic very very emotional um, obviously your nervous system and everything so supercharged I couldn't really sleep that night but definitely the week afterwards or so it started to hit me about what I'd achieved and things like that and it's um yeah, it's something that I was so happy to do. And um, I think in a day and age now where, where people are just posting so many things about exercise and training, especially in that environment where you finish a race and you stick up a picture of a medal or, or whatever, you know, however people want to celebrate it. If you want to put in people's faces or, you know, you want to you wanna kind of talk about it constantly. For me, it was just something that, you know, the people that were close to me knew I was doing this race and calling yourself a runner is, you know, is an interesting term because it's only just one foot in front of the other really, but, um, it, it was an achievement and I wanted to do this podcast episode to show people that actually isn't, you know, doing these long distance, um, races or adventures or whatever you want to call it. It's not beyond 
the average person because when it came to running long distance, you know, I was the average person. I'd never really done anything like it. It takes, it does take some dedication, and you do need to become robust and and you know you do need to be strong. You have to put time on the feet, and it's just adjusting your schedule and and you know making people that uh, the people that you love and that you spend a lot of time with, making them aware of when you're training and running, and then you know learning from this race. I need to definitely get on the kind of terrain that I'm going to be running on a lot sooner. But it's um, yeah, the the experience was invaluable. It's yeah, it's interesting for the mind as well when you're on feet. And I spoke to Harry, you know in the second half for a bit but we did a lot of running silently but just having eight you know let's call it seven hours seven and a half hours or so when I wasn't talking and I was just moving out in 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 this amazing place in Cortina you know your your head and your thoughts and things um, are are all that you have and and the amazing views and stepping out of the city and it's yeah it's it's, it's a really really good thing so you know, you don't even need to crack ultra marathons to, to kind of find that. It's just taking some time to get out and, and put some time on the feet. And especially when the weather's this nice, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really good. And I've definitely been bitten by the bug and it's something where I've now booked my next one of these so much less incline, just a few hundred feet. And it's, um, a coastal trail series race that I'm going to do in Suffolk where I grew up. So hopefully I'll be able to get back there and mirror some of the terrain that's going to be in October. So that's, um, yeah, it's a similar kind of distance, 33 miles, but so much less elevation and hopefully in an area that I know really well so I can go and kind of run around it before the race and and just kind of, um, yeah, be a little bit sharper on the day and a little bit more experienced about the terrain. So, um, yeah, I wanted to take a, oh, 25, 30 minutes and take all of you guys through that side of things because especially people that know me, um, obviously I talk a lot about nutrition and this podcast is, is a really great canvas to get people on and get them to talk about their experiences and things. But I'm usually, I'm usually either ends of the scale when I'm working, I'm, I'm a lot more, uh, specific and professional and strategic and everything's kind of a bit more behind closed doors. And then, you know, when people see me socially, the things relax off a bit, my, my big feed up HQ videos and all of the stuff on Instagram, everything is just thrown together and it's all a bit fun. So, um, yeah, it's nice to have this podcast and use it as a bit of a happy medium sometimes. I'm not this, like, cracking lovely people, that kind of, you know, chucking all the chat around and all these random terms and no one knows what I'm talking about. But then the other side, I'm not completely going too far into, right, let's weigh this, look at this nutritionally, you shouldn't be doing this because of this or... I really suggest you do that and um, yeah it's nice to have the opportunity to be able to just talk and and um, be myself and especially people that see things online or have heard about me or listen to the podcast and and you know just want me to to kind of um, yeah elaborate a little bit more on my experiences outside of um, nutrition and um, and work that that's a little bit more um of the other side of me really starting to get more into to kind of trail running and booking a couple of events a year and um yeah enjoying it basically ultimately just enjoying being outside and, and pushing my body because there was no way a few years ago I thought I'd be able to do that kind of thing you know competition is beyond me I'm never going to be racing anyone but myself in, in these kind of things and it's just um yeah it's just an absolutely fabulous experience getting out and doing these kind of races so 
if you're on the fence, I suggest you you know book something well in advance. Give yourself well, half a year, God, even if you need a year, to start to um, you know get your body and, and your mind ready for these for these kind of things. Take professional advice. So the person that I work with that, that coached and helped me is Ed Norman. So I'll um, you know I'll link to some of his stuff, but but that's really really important. Obviously, you want to be pain-free, you want to be moving really well, but sometimes you need a second opinion on things and, you know, with the training and, and um, all that, you can't, you know, you can't really cuff it at that kind of distance, especially if you haven't done it before. But it's, it's definitely something worthwhile doing and, um, yeah, I hope I hope that's given everyone that asked me about it as well a little bit more insight because I know the people close to me, I've, I've talked to them about it as well, but with, you know, with the beauty of having this online, someone can find it and um and go through it and um learn a little bit more about the process of of doing doing your first um mountain ultramarathon so yeah the people that that really helped me and influenced me through this obviously family girlfriend Bryony really really good um great support she came out with me and that was oh that was absolutely fab but then from the performance side of things um another chap called Kieran Man versus Miles, he's, he's been a really interesting mentor as well. You definitely need to check out his stuff. He gave me some great advice on some of the products and things to use for some of the running. He's so experienced. So I used, so I used some of his information. Um, yeah, I worked with Ed. Um, I tried to be quite experimental and, and use my own experiences nutritionally. Um, and then, yeah, I'm quite lucky to, to be around a few experienced outdoor individuals through the North Face brand so speaking to people like Jez Bragg who I did a podcast with previously definitely go and check that one out as well so he's oh he's unbelievably experienced when it comes to running and trail running he's doing it for like 17 years and he's won some of the best races in the world I'm just you know basically a nutritionist as a day job and and you know run a little bit in my free time so if you're looking for a someone who's actually doing it and has competed at the top level and definitely scroll back and, and listen and, and, and learn from Jez as well. Right, I'm going to crack on. As always, please share this podcast. Oh, you can get it on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can subscribe on both. So if you're finding it through Facebook or Instagram, you don't actually know where the hubs are. It's Big Feed Up HQ podcast, and then you can get it on iTunes to search it on there, and then SoundCloud. So if you subscribe, you'll get one of my new episodes every time. I love getting everyone's feedback too, and doing these solo pods is something I can put on a little bit more regularly. If you find it interesting, then definitely reach out. I can do certain topics, I can be a lot more specific, but today I just wanted to dump everything out and um, all the things that are in my head regarding the the ultramarathon and, and Cortina and, and all that jazz, so... I hope that's given everyone a little bit of insight into that. And um, yeah, I'm really enjoying doing the pod. And I've got a few interesting guests coming up this month. And I'm just going to keep trying to give you, you know, maybe two, three interviews a month and, and see where it goes. So as always, reach out and yeah, give me some, you know, give me some ideas and some topics and things if you want me to cover. But if not, thanks very much for listening. And um, yeah, the next one's going to be probably release at the end of the week i've got quite a good week because there's three podcasts up so definitely stay tuned for more and um, yeah have a great time in the sun lovely people